Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode. I am going to be interviewing my friend, Janet. She is an amazing homeschool mom of six kids, and she has been doing it for 15 years. So you know that you are going to gain some valuable insights and incredible tips to help you on your homeschooling journey. So get ready to listen to Janet and everything she has to say. Let's get to it. Hi, friends. Are you ready to homeschool, but you're just not sure how to begin? Do you feel overwhelmed or frustrated with the public school and noticing that your child is constantly struggling or falling behind? Are you ready to say goodbye to that hectic and stressful weekday schedule and embrace a completely different approach? Do you find that your child is exhausted from long days at school followed by hours of homework at night? And are you constantly experiencing stress and overwhelm as a result? I'm here to share some great news with you. There is a better way, and it's called homeschooling. Experience quiet and peaceful mornings, and you can instill a sense of joy and excitement for learning in your child. Witness their true passions and gifts unfold as you embark on this fulfilling journey together. Welcome to Hooked on Homeschool, I am Dawn Janowitz, a homeschool mom, wife, podcaster, and online course creator. And I want to give you the clarity, the confidence, the freedom, and all the strategies to show you that it is possible to create an amazing homeschool experience that works for both you and your kids. So come on, ladies, let's go from hot mess express to fierce and fun, and let's get hooked on homeschool. Hi, Janet. How are you doing today? Hello, Dawn. Thank you so much for organizing this podcast. I'm really excited to be with you today. Oh, thanks so much, Janet. I'm really excited to have you on the show. We've got so much to uncover and unpack here on your 15 years of your homeschooling journey. So I guess the first thing I want to ask you is what prompted you to ultimately want to homeschool? There were three different things that happened all within a short period of time that prompted us to homeschool. Number one, I checked the mail one day and there was a book in the mailbox with no return address or any note with it. And it was called The How and Why of Homeschooling. It was a very tattered old book, but somebody had sent it to me and the Lord must have laid it on their heart to do that. I didn't know anyone who homeschooled and I didn't know anything about it. So that was the first thing. Second thing was within a short period of time, the preschool that I worked at and my two oldest sons attended are one of our sons. He was sitting next to a boy at preschool and the boy was eating peanut butter. Somehow Noah had touched it. He did not eat it, but immediately erupted in hives, head to toe, swelling of the face on the ambulance, the very traumatic situation. And so we found out that he had a life-threatening allergy that has carried him throughout all of his years, has not subsided. So I knew that the typical school system for him would be a challenge. Like in the cafeterias in public schools, they put the kids that, at least the one in our neighborhood, they put the kids with a peanut allergy against the wall. And there's two seats there and they have to sit there staring at the wall while everybody else is enjoying and having community and food together behind him. 
and that made me feel very sad. The third thing that happened was our oldest son, he was in pre-K at the time, he became extremely ill with Lyme disease, and he had to have a PICC line catheter with IV antibiotics for 33 days, and the preschool said they would not allow him to come in that situation, so they forced us into homeschooling by sending all of his pre-kindergarten work at home. So all three of these things happened in a short period of time. My husband and I prayed about it and felt like due to the health issues and someone's prompting by God to send us that book, that we have better start preparing for the journey that God was putting us on. Wow, that is some story. That must have been so scary as well, all the decisions that you had to make. Oh my goodness. So so when you first started homeschooling, so it wasn't something that you wanted to do. It wasn't like in your heart that like you wanted to do it. It fell on you. So here you are like, okay, now I'm going to be homeschooling. And at the time you had two kids. So you had two kids. So you started homeschooling them. So when you started homeschooling, what was your biggest struggle when you first started? My biggest struggle when we started is teaching two boys how to read. I did not have any experience in doing that. And I could not find any homeschool co-ops or support groups anywhere that taught children to read. And so I tried to research all the curriculum out there. We tried a few different types and it really was not going very well. So we went to a homeschool conference, which I highly recommend your viewers to consider. It's where you find community and support and resources We were walking through the vending hall and there was a uh, vision therapist that was offering free vision therapy. And so she did vision testing on both my boys, pulled me aside and said, you have to come to my office as soon as possible. And I was overwhelmed and took them both for evaluations. And she said, has it been hard to teach them to read? And I said, yes. And she said, let me show you why. And she showed me visually what they were seeing on the page and that the the words were floating and that their eyes did not converge. They both had the same problem and it was always going to be incredibly difficult until they got help visually by a professional for them ever to learn to read or do academics. So in the classroom setting, she said, if they were in a traditional school, They would have acted out and probably been told that they had ADHD and put on some type of medicine to sit down and calm down. But it wasn't that they had an attention problem. It was a visual impairment. So is this something that they can just get with, they got glasses? So actually there's something else that can go wrong with your eyes where you can have 20-20 vision, which they both boys did but their eyes could not converge together so that they could see words on a page. And so they needed six months of five days a week of vision therapy so that they could train their eyes to work together. As soon as we started um, making that our emphasis in our homeschooling, that became our main curriculum, is going to the vision therapist and doing the homework at home. That started making it much easier to teach them letter sounds and phonics and blends. And finally, by the age of about seven, Jacob learned to read and Noah was closer to nine. That was definitely later than what I had anticipated, but it was better late than early pushing them because they really needed to focus on the vision repair. 
Yeah. Wow. So let me ask you, you just mentioned your nine-year-old, your son was nine when he learned to read. How old is he now? Noah is 18 now. 18. And does he have a love for reading? Is he a good reader? Noah is not a love of reading. He always loved me reading to him. And I think it was because of the visual, both of them, even though they passed their vision therapy, we finished and moved on. Both of them said that it is a struggle even today for their eyes to completely converge and to read a book. So they don't do that for leisure, to be honest with you, because it is very strenuous on their eyes. So this is amazing. So if they were in public school this whole time, they would have really, really struggled. So your two older boys have really benefited like significantly from being home. You are so lucky that you found that vision therapist when you did. That was another God thing that just came your way. Oh my goodness. That just gives me chills because you just never know what's going to lead people to homeschooling. And there's so many things that kids do in class and they just don't know how to express it. And I've never even heard of that other than like someone just needing glasses. So that was your eyes converging. So they see that, wow, that's pretty... That's pretty powerful. So glad that you were able to find out all that. So how is it going now? So now you homeschool five kids because you, one of them is a baby, right? Well, our oldest son is in college. He goes to Montreat College and uh, he lives in North Carolina. He is doing very well. He's gotten straight A's. And just so, for those mamas out there who wonder, you know, you homeschool all the way through, are they going to get into college? He was accepted at 11 universities and he has received scholarships and he has transitioned very well. Our second born son, he is 18. He graduated last year. He ha- is an entrepreneur and just started his own automotive tinting business. And he went to a certification program in Texas to finish that uh, training. So we're very excited for him. He is mechanical, and that's where God is leading him. Our third son, Micah, he is hybrid homeschooled. That is a term I like to use. It means that I do teach him. We sit and do math together every single session that we have time together. And we do, I read aloud to him and we do some of his other assignments from his core class at his hybrid private Christian school. My two daughters, they go to a full-time Christian school now. I did homeschool in them in the past. And our youngest three-year-old goes to preschool two days a week so that I can successfully homeschool the 11-year-old. So when I hear all that, you are a busy mama. That is a busy schedule. But how amazing is that? So let there's a lot to unpack here. Let me ask you about the, your first son who's now off to college. He got accepted to 11 universities. Okay, so did you give him, because when you homeschool to 12th grade, um, the mother actually writes their diploma. I did not. I did not do that. My boys, the two oldest boys, they are 18 months apart. I homeschooled them together all the way up through eighth grade. And then I put them at a place called Circle Christian School in Orlando. It is a hybrid private school that you can take whatever classes that you feel your children need. You can do them one or two days a week. And so my boys only attended that school in high school and they graduated with an actual diploma. And I did it that way because I had, by that time I had six kids including a newborn. And I did not have the 
margin in my life to research how to create a transcript. I really needed the support system of a school and that was very helpful for me personally. Okay. So your older one graduated there, then your second oldest one is doing the automotive and then your other ones doing some hybrid, doing some different schooling and everything. So they're all getting an education. They all can go off to college because I know a lot of people do have questions about that. And, and they all are pursuing their own passions. So what, what is your older son pursuing? What passion is he pursuing? So I'm glad you asked that question about what passion is he pursuing? And I would call all of the um, parents listening right now, stop and pray and ask the Lord, what is the purpose for this particular child? Please start revealing that to our family. For Jacob, when he was in middle school, he was very interested in Boy Scouts. He had about 60 merit badges. He was on the road to Eagle Scout. He was very driven. He was a leader, but he was also very interested in youth ministry. So it turned out that his troop was going to meet on the same night as youth ministry, and he had a choice. He chose, and I say he, because at that point, I really wanted him to start making decisions for himself. And so he chose to invest in youth ministry. He did about 700 hours in high school of youth ministry volunteering. He learned so much from the tech, from leading small groups, so many wonderful things. And so he felt God's calling to go into ministry. So he is in Christian studies up at Montreat College. And that is awesome. Yes, Yay. it's wonderful. Mama's proud. I can feel it. Yay. Yes. <laughs> so that is so amazing when your child knows what their exact calling is what their exact passion is. And because they're not at school seven hours a day, five days a week, they, I feel like they can find it a little bit more. They can find it sooner. They have time to breathe and relax and not just, you know, school night, you know, got school the next day, school night, got school the next day where they don't really get to find out what they love to do. So I'm guessing then your second one that went into automotive, he is the one that he's hands-on, loves to maybe tinker around and do things like that. So you must have saw early on, that's the direction he was headed. Absolutely. So Noah, he spent most of his elementary school years either listening to me read books to him, or he was on the floor building with Legos. And he and his brother would take wood out of the garage and build a raft and put it in the pond. And they spent hours tinkering around the house and finding things to build and create. They built canals in the backyard with our pond. It was an incredible childhood for them. I also took them on an extraordinary amount of field trips. For example, Jacob's kindergarten year, I calculated we went on 58 field trips. I really wanted to expose them to as That's many more than different... once a week. Yes, it was. I wanted them to be exposed to many different career paths and passions. For Noah, by the time he was 14, it was very clear he wanted to know everything about Ford Mustangs. So what I taught my sons is I want you to ask questions. Ask questions of people that are already doing what you want to do. So for Noah, when he was 15, he bought his first Ford Mustang and it wasn't working very well. I'll be honest, it had some mechanical and electrical problems. It was quite a challenge. 
So he and his dad did everything they could. And I said, find someone that that is their passion. So he found a company that they buy Mustangs and they take them apart from bumper to bumper and they sell each part. So Noah bought some parts from that company. And then I said, why don't you ask if you can be an apprentice? Wouldn't you know, on his 16th birthday, he was invited to come work for the company. He worked there for two and a half years. He can take an engine out of a car and put it in another car and make it work. He can change brakes, alternators. He learned everything about Ford Mustangs there is to know. And so for high school, because he went to a, yes, for high school, he got three years of automotive mechanics as his electives credits. So he was doing what he loved and he was learning and it wasn't just sitting, you know, at a desk with a book. It was hands-on. Because if he was the type of person to sit in a desk for his whole schooling, he probably wouldn't have liked it and probably wouldn't have gotten great grades and probably would have thought that there was something wrong with him because I think when you're at school, there's a lot of competition and you have moms who'll say, you know, oh, my kid's making straight A's, but really that's just your child's able to memorize better. It doesn't mean that your child is going to be any more happier when they're older. It doesn't mean that they're going to, you know, follow their passions any better. doesn't mean they're going to be happier. So I think I love when I hear that someone found their passion at such a young age, and then they actually became what their passion was. That is so awesome that, you know, as a mom, like my son's 13. And just this morning I went upstairs in his room and he has Legos all over the floor. And I love that he loves to still sit there and put things together. I know he is not one to sit at a desk all day and do schoolwork. He has too much energy. He loves to put things together, take things apart. So maybe I'll have to have him talk to your son about, uh, he loves cars too. So, you know, I don't know if he's ever done engine work or even looked inside an engine, but I think last night he said he was taking apart a computer and putting it back together. So I'm like, good, go for it. Just make sure it wasn't a computer we needed. I didn't even ask. I don't know. I'm assuming it was an old one, but that is so cool. Hi friends. Are you wanting to homeschool, but you just don't even know where to start? If so, I have got some exciting news to share with you. Did you know that I have a free workshop that will help you get started with homeschooling? Plus, I'll give you valuable tips and insights to help guide you along the way. I invite you to visit Hooked on Homeschool, where I'll teach you how to create an amazing homeschool experience right now. Take this first step towards the incredible journey of homeschooling by visiting hookedonhomeschool.com. Okay. So let's, um, so we were talking about passions. So let's kind of move that into what values do you want to most instill in your children? Because in order to follow their passions, we also want them to be, they don't have to be the smartest in the room, the most intelligent, but we want them to have great values to follow their passions. So what values do you want your kids to have? The values that I want to most instill in my children are to love God and make him known. And so I think it's very important that whether you're homeschooling, whether your kids go to a traditional school, at some point as a family, you're praying together, you're learning God's word. And 
I think that that's the key to a lifelong pursuit of learning is that we have to learn what God has put us on this earth for and that he will equip us for whatever path he has for us. But we need to be intentional with our faith. Right. And then figure out what our spiritual gifts are. I love that. That is so awesome. So we can want our kids to have these values. So how do you incorporate those? So so what do you do to instill those values in your children? We have scripture hanging around the house. So it's a reminder of what God's word says to us, whether that is one of the verses in the kitchen, which is whatever is noble, right, pure, and lovely. Think on these things, Philippians 4, 8. God wants us to focus on what is good about what he created, what is lovely, whether that's taking a walk outside and seeing, you know, the birds, the squirrels, the trees, but what is lovely in every situation and focusing on the positive. And homeschooling can be a very beautiful avenue to learning if you embrace that God has put us here to really enjoy his creation. He has told us that he wants us to have knowledge. He wants us to grow in wisdom. And so to remind your children that God says these things, he has given us a plan and a purpose for our lives. I love that. So it's what is noble, true, pure, and lovely. Wow. So instilling those values, I bet your kids are getting a great homeschooling experience all around. So I think we're going to talk about you, mom. So what did you, what did you used to do? What was your career path maybe before kids? Are you, you're married? So tell us a little bit about you. A little bit about me is that I have master's degree in health science administration, and I have taught at the collegiate level, like teaching medical terminology and anatomy and physiology. I also have taught in the elementary and middle school and high school levels. Also, I've taught at preschool. So I have literally taught every age range that you can consider. And so I feel blessed that I've had those opportunities. I also have homeschooled and within co-op settings. Specifically, there's a group called Classical Conversations. I was a tutor with them as well. Wonderful. Okay, so now we have to like ask you because whenever you're a homeschool mom and you're a teacher, I'm sure you get asked all the time. Like they say, I could never homeschool, but you're a teacher, but you know what you're doing. You were trained to do it. What do you tell those moms that say that to you? Like I could never homeschool. And you're like, no, you can really homeschool. You can do it. And they say, but you're a teacher. You were trained. This is what you did. This is what you do. What do you say to them? That is a a valid point that a lot of people do say. If you read some homeschool books, some of them say that being a teacher in the past actually is a hindrance to homeschooling. Why I say that is because the typical classroom environment is very different than what homeschooling looks like. When we started homeschooling, I bought the little wooden desks and I set them up all nice and I set up a classroom like this was my school. And quickly I realized that my boys didn't like the wooden desk. And sometimes we ended up upside down reading Charlotte's Web on the couch. Yes. (laughs) I love that upside down. That is so fun. Hey, whatever we'll get them to read, right? Yep. Or I bet you were reading it while they were upside down, right? (laughs) That's right. Yes. (laughs) 
You know what? I never thought of that. So actually being a teacher, you're right, could be a hindrance because you're looking at it from an eight you know, or nine to three classroom setting where homeschool is nothing like that. It's very hard to get the kids to want to sit down in that style. It's more of like a, I want to say like a homeschool, but like an all around homeschool, literally in your home, on your bed, on their bed, outside sitting on the pool, sitting on the deck, you know, sitting everywhere, doing everything, moving around. So I would think in addition to all of your stuff that you do with the kids, you also do probably some sports and different things in the evenings, right? Yes. So we... Of course you do, Janet. (laughs) Yes, we do. My girls are in a Christian scouting group called American Heritage Girls. My son is very involved in soccer. He's in three different teams currently. So yes, we definitely are busy in the evenings. And that's why I really like during the day to get our homework done and then have the evenings for family time or the activities that the kids want to do. So let me ask, so this soccer three, so how many hours a week would you say this soccer is taking your son? Is this Micah? Yes, this is Micah. That is his passion. He's 11 and it's really becoming clear that that's his path. Wow. Calculating that, I would say probably about eight hours a week. Wow. Okay. So he really loves it. So that is clearly his passion. So that's what he's going to be doing. He'll be doing his schoolwork and then his soccer. How awesome is that? He'll be raised a happy kid. And then whether he goes off to college to pursue soccer, he probably will. He'll probably get a a soccer scholarship, right? And go off to college and figure out what he wants to do. But as of right now, does he like want to be a pro soccer player? Yes, absolutely. Yes. He's got eight hours a week for the next six or seven grades to get there. So that's awesome. Good for him. That's good. That's really good because sports are so good for kids. It teaches them so much. And for someone to do soccer eight hours a day or eight hours a week, that is pretty intense. Like he really likes that. All right. So let's see. Socialization. That is always a question that comes up. I feel like it's a lot better now. And I'm sure with you. So 15 years ago, I'm sure you got it all the time. I started homeschooling seven years ago. So now I don't really get it as much because there's so many things that the kids are doing going everywhere. Like your kids are doing all of the sports. We, they have some hybrid schools. They're with you wherever they go. So there's a, a lot of socialization. So tell me how probably that's evolved over the years as well for you, right? So when we started homeschooling, that was something that someone confronted me with. They said, but how will your children be socialized? And It really penetrated my heart, Dawn. And so as I reflect, I actually overdid the socialization our first couple Uh, of years. 53 field trips. Yes, I (laughs) would say so. (laughs) We were out of the house more than we were home doing homeschooling, to be very honest with you. We found our people. And let me empower you parents. Find your people. They find are your out people. there. Yes. Find yes. your people that do what you do and do it together. Go on the field trips, go on the hikes, go do a co-op. Okay. Find a parent that's really great at teaching this specific uh, subject and do it together. Do it in community. And so we did that from the very beginning. And my 18 year old son, his best friends today are still the ones he met when he was four years old in our homeschool co-op. 
And oh my God, they are, it just gives me the chills. I love They are that. like family to us. Like uh, when one of their grandmothers died, my son went to the funeral. I mean, these are our people. And so I would really encourage anyone considering homeschooling or already homeschooling, but feeling like you're disconnected, find a way to find other people that are doing the same thing. Whether that's a hybrid school, it's a co-op group through Facebook, find your people. Yes. Oh my gosh. I couldn't agree more because you're doing it as a community with others. So the people around you aren't, aren't saying, well, are your kids socialized? They're like, let's do this together. And it's so nice for people to have your back. You have their back, the lifelong friends that you make as a mom, you're homeschooling your kids, but you're not even realizing all of the relationships and all of the great things that you are going to experience as well. It is so fulfilling. It feels so good. And you find that connection and you find your people and life is just good. Let's see, what do you do when the days just get crazy? So we can't say homeschool is just like perfect every day. There's days that the kids are just not wanting to do schoolwork. You're not wanting to teach. You don't feel good. They don't feel good. Not like sick, but you're just like, I don't feel like doing this day today. What do you like to do? That is a great question, Dawn, because there are going to be challenging days for sure. And my biggest tip on that is to go outside. There is something so therapeutic and calming about even just walking down your driveway and observing the birds, the squirrels, the trees. Again, find your people and find some type of homeschool group where they go on field trips or they go on wilderness hikes and go do it. And you will find that everyone in the family, they will be more relaxed and maybe they'll be easier to teach once you get home because they have had that that time to be outside and connect with nature. And us too, we might be come back in and be like, you know what? That was beautiful. That was wonderful. And we might be like, okay, let's go. Let's get, let's bang out 10 minutes of reading. Let's do this and let's play for the rest of the day. And then the next thing you know, you're probably doing like an hour of schoolwork and they don't even realize it and you don't even realize it. We talked a little bit about like what you want for your kids following their passion after they graduate. But if you could rewind the clock on anything that you would do differently, what what do you think that that would be? Because in homeschooling, each and every year is going to be better than the next. Your first year is not going to be good. I mean, it may be, but it's probably not, right? Your second year is going to be better. And the third year, better, better. By the time you get to 12th grade, it's going to be a rock star. However, what were some of those early years that if you had to redo, what would you, what do you think you would do? What I would repeat is to listen more to my children of what their voice is saying. If we are, we have purchased a curriculum because we heard so many other people like it and it's not working for your child because it's not their learning style and they're trying to tell you that, listen and give it away or sell it and get something different that may work for them. That's okay. You don't have to stick with a co-op or a program or any type of curriculum if it's not the right fit for your child. And when we started homeschooling, I was so desperate to be connected with other families that we joined a, a program that it turned out my boys were just not developmentally ready for. And so for them, it was very, very intense and uncomfortable. And they tried to tell me that, but I just wanted to make it work. So finally, once I listened to them and we stepped back, we took about, uh, I think, a year or two off of that. And we, we 
went back to it when they were older and more mature and they were reading by then and then they thrived. So I think listening to your children and watching how they're responding to a co-op situation or a curriculum and evaluating, is this the best for this child? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Stop, take a minute. You don't have to do what everybody's doing, but when you, and when you get to meet your and find your people, you'll notice you could have a hundred homeschool families and no one's even doing the same thing. There's so many curriculums out there. There's so many things to do. Find what works for your child, do what works for your child and just have fun with it, right? Just go with the flow and listen to what they're telling you. Jana, I really enjoyed this interview. I think that you've definitely dropped a whole bunch of value bombs, 15 years of homeschooling, a lot of different kids. Is there anything else that if you had to add anything that you would like to say that we maybe didn't cover or that you would like to tell a mom who's on the fence, she's a little nervous, what would you tell them? I have one other specific tip that I would like to add. So throughout the years of homeschooling, we decided that we would show hospitality to people of other nations. And so we have had nine foreign exchange students live with oh us. Oh my goodness. What? Yes. That is um, incredible. We've had some from China. We've had some from Japan. We've had five French teenage boys living with us from France And we've learned other languages, cultures, foods, and they've learned the same from us. And so I would encourage your family to consider this an academic benefit as well. If you're trying to accrue volunteer hours, that is one way you can do it. Uh, When my boys were, we live here in Florida, there's something called Bright Future Scholarship, and they will accept that as the volunteer hours of you showing hospitality in your home and hosting foreign exchange students. So just consider that. Definitely. That is a great way. We, we did that once. We had a little boy from China come stay with us, and it was a great learning experience, and it, and it lets your kids see other cultures, that they're coming from far away. That is so awesome. Well, it's been great interviewing you. I'm so excited for everyone to hear this, and thank you so much, Janet. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Dawn. Okay, friend, before you go, I want to thank you for listening. And if you found this podcast helpful, I would truly be grateful if you could just take a moment and leave me a five-star review. Your review will help me improve and also reach more listeners who could really benefit from homeschooling. Until next time, happy homeschooling.